Are you that weirdo that gets a little hysterical from time to time? Well, then this is the show for you. Welcome to Happy Hour Gets Weird. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Welcome or welcome back. I'm Cassie. And I'm Tiffany. And this is Happy Hour Gets Weird, a main episode. Thank you so much for joining us for Happy Hour. Yes. And you... We'll just have to um, bear with me. I've had oral surgery two days ago, so I'm a little woo. I don't know, woo woo. A little extra awesome. (laughs) Yes. So we are just sipping some wine and we are going to talk about, should I say what we're going to talk about? Well, I don't think we should keep it a secret for much longer, Cassie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my whole po- my whole point was I we didn't make us a, a cocktail this episode. We are just relaxing and sipping on some chilled Chardonnay to keep things light and easy because it might get a little hysterical. Let's get hysterical. Hysterical. <laughs> That's exactly what I heard in my head. <laughs> I don't know why I always feel the need to sing and I absolutely hate my singing voice and I know it's bad and I don't know why I subject the listener to it but uh thank you you're welcome apologies all of that okay I really am ready to get hysterical are you ready yeah go ahead and start with the sources okay so the sources for today's episode on mass hysteria specifically the Halifax slasher are historyandheadlines.com, reginajeffers.blog, a Wikipedia page on the Halifax slasher, academic.com, and two different articles from healthline.com. And as always, we will have our sources listed in our show notes. Yes, absolutely. Um, All right. So without further ado, she said it. Yes, of course I did. (laughs) Um, If you've listened to our one and done this last week, and most likely, even if you didn't, you are probably aware of what mass hysteria is. But just in case, here is the Wikipedia definition. Mass psychogenic illness, MPI, also called mass sociogenic illness, mass psychogenic disorder, and epidemic hysteria or mass hysteria, involves the spread of illness symptoms through a population where there is no infectious agent responsible for contagion. It is the rapid spread of illness signs and symptoms affecting members of a cohesive group, originating from a nervous system disturbance involving excitation loss or alteration of function, whereby physical complaints that are exhibited unconsciously have no corresponding organic causes. Um, yeah, so let's get into this definition <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Thank you. What we as normal Nancys call mass hysteria is actually a type of conversion disorder, also known as a mental health condition, which is triggered by emotional or mental tension. And as the name implies, these symptoms happen to a group of people. Most experts organize mass hysteria into two groups. And I'm going to read this part verbatim so I don't fuck anything up. Or as a classy person would say, it won't get lost in translation. 
Fair is fair. Fair is fair. <laughs> Mass anxiety hysteria. This type tends to show up among people who belong to the same close, often isolated group or community. It involves sudden tension and other symptoms of anxiety, which, quote, spread and resolve fairly quickly. Mass motor hysteria. This type tends to show up among people experiencing long-term stress and tension. It involves irregular motor movement symptoms that move from person to person gradually and often linger for weeks. And that came from an article on ncbi.nlm.nih.gov, which will also be linked in our description. Although it has not been definitively proven, experts believe that mass hysteria is typically the result of stress, anxiety, and emotional upheaval. This theory thrives because many cases of mass hysteria occurred during stressful times in that particular community's history. And looking back over historical cases of mass hysteria, a pattern must have emerged that they recognized. That completely makes sense because I think you'd be pretty hard pressed to find a time in history that wasn't stressful for one reason or another. Yeah. I mean, like one of the cases that we talked about in our one and done was during, what was it? The middle ages or something. And we were saying Mm -hmm. how that just sounds like a horrible time to be alive in general. Um, yeah, it was the meowing nuns. I thought it was the dancing people. Were they all the middle ages? (laughs) Yes. I mean, take your pick. (laughs) Who wasn't hysterical in the 1500s? Exactly. So, I mean, pretty much during any time in history, you can probably point to some different types of stressors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, honestly, just take your pick. You have the dancing plague. You have the meowing nuns. There's biting nuns in Germany, which we didn't mention. Everyone was hysterical in the Middle Ages. And then the other group we talked about, they were... um, high school teens which Mm -hmm. is also a high stress environment and it was right before finals Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah I agree with that but then it's also one of those things where it's like it's always stressful so does that mean it's stress or does it is it like correlation is not causation like maybe it's just always stressful (laughs) you know what I mean yeah totally I mean a time to be alive middle ages high stress an age to be alive teenagers so it's like is it surprising that teenagers from the middle ages were constantly hysterical I don't think so no as for treatments while in our one and done we did hear some pretty not at all helpful treatments like curing mass dance hysteria by simply building people a stage and bringing in the band (laughs) (laughs) most people agree that therapy as soon as possible is a good way to go I guess you'd have to wait for the episode you are enduring to pass before that, though. So it's kind of hard in the middle of experiencing hysteria to kind of get your wits about you and be like, maybe I should see a therapist. Or just trying to have a therapy session while you're full on river dancing. (laughs) That would be tough. I mean that, you know, you wouldn't want to infect your therapist. (laughs) You guys are both just full on dancing. You know, I I you know I just had this like say I have a period of meowing where I'm going into hysterics and I'm meowing and then I go see my therapist and then the next client just walks in and we're both meowing together. <laughs> That's like my worst nightmare. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
I also thought that we really needed to mention that the word hysteria is also commonly weaponized and used against women. A a woman could be and was often hospitalized for being hysterical, despite the fact that most of the time the woman in question was mentally and physically healthy. Women who were considered hysterical were often thrown into shitty facilities and it was just a way for their husband to get rid of them. In the 1980s, the term was removed from the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, which is the DSM, mm-hmm. and experts no longer use the term. Um, they really rushed to fix that issue, didn't they? I mean, only- by 1980, it only took 100 years. <laughs> only took 100 years for them to get around to it. No, 200, 300 years. I really want to get into a story that relates to this at a mm-hmm. later date. It involves a lady journalist, a terrifying hospital, <gasps> and how easy it was for a woman to end up in one. But oh I, I don't want to give away, and no spoilers from me, but I think we'll have to touch on it at a later episode. But I am happy you brought that up because obviously we always you know, try to take into account the language that we use, because mm-hmm. language matters regardless of what assholes say. Language absolutely matters. And you know what this episode kind of reminds me of? Um, I don't know if we mentioned this before, but Tiffany and I have known each other, I mean, close to 15 years, I think, at mm-hmm. this point. Yeah. Um, and we actually met in an um, critical writing English class and we read the story the yellow wallpaper which mm-hmm. was based on a woman's hysteria and her brother and husband were both doctors mm-hmm. she was um, diagnosed as hysterical and just it was a really eye-opening story and so this reminds me um, of that <laughs> I completely thought of that too I'm, yeah. I totally thought of that um, that's a good story. It, it's a short story written by an American author, I believe. Um, I can't remember her name, but it's called The Yellow Wallpaper, and you can actually access it online for free. Oh, and not to mention in those shitty hospitals that women were thrown into, um, a treatment for hysteria was pelvic massages and clitoral stimulation. So there's that, which is disgusting and gives me the ick. Yeah, it's really terrifying. Yeah. I mean, oh, so we know that there was a negative connotation to the word hysteria and we recognize that. And we also realize that medical professionals use a different term, but we're not medical, medical professionals, except obviously I go by Dr. Tapeworm. Many of you know that. So we do have one kind of (laughs) medical professional here. arrested you're gonna go to prison it's like the doctor version of stolen valor I don't know I I don't know what it's like fraud I think it's medical fraud I I know I was gonna say is that stolen valor no but that's for service members yes um but yes I think as long as you don't open up a hospital like that one kid that was like 19 (laughs) did where he opened up his own clinic and people are like yeah you're 19 sure you seem like you went to medical school doogie hauser Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm I think you'll be fine, Dr. Tapeworm. Okay. All right. So now that we have this basic groundwork laid, what is our mass hysteria topic for today, Cassie, that I kind of already said? Yes. Okay. So let's get into what the people really came here for. 
I will take off my medical cap and put on my uh, mass hysteria cap, I guess. Oh, okay. Whoa, it's- whoa. That's an exciting hat. It's, <laughs> oh, uh, wow. There's a lot going on there. Never a dull moment. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to get into the Halifax Slasher. And this story begins on a cold November day in 1938. Two mill workers by the name of Mary Gledhill and Gertrude Watts reported they were attacked by a man brandishing a mallet, which is known also as a hammer. This Mm -hmm. man had bright, shiny buckles on his shoes, and then he disappeared. (laughs) Okay. The shiny buckles thing, let's just, well, we're going to, I just want to touch on this again later because it makes me laugh every time for so many reasons. Okay, go on. So over the next week or so, a little more than a week, chaos ensued as more residents, mostly women, came forward reporting attacks. And it seemed a wild, razor-wielding man was targeting the residents of the small town of Halifax, England, and he would come to be known, as we've said, the Halifax Slasher. Five days after Mary and Gertrude came forward, another attack was reported on November 24th. Mary, another Mary in the town, Sutcliffe was her last name, described the man in detail who she claimed slashed at her with a razor blade. So he's now upgraded from a mallet to a razor blade. I think that's a downgrade. He's just holding this little t- by the thin. I hope that it's at least on a, some sort of a handle. Like a switchblade razor? I hope so. I hope it. I, <laughs> but I do like to picture like- it's just a single tiny blade and he's holding it in his hands, <laughs> clicking his buckles together as he goes. <laughs> just trying to run up and slash people like, ah, paper cut. Ah. <laughs> the buckles make him seem jolly to me. The buckles, um, yeah, the buckles, I'm picturing a St. Patrick's Day. Yes, I was thinking very leprechaun-ish. Yeah, a leprechaun holding a very, very tiny razor blade (laughs) between his thumb and first finger. (laughs) After a search of the area, local police didn't find anyone. However, the very next day, two more people reported attacks. Percy Waddington and Hilda Lodge joined the rapidly growing list of recently attacked people. I like how we're using all their names. Like this is a small town and we know who they are. (laughs) That is just so something Percy Waddington would do. (laughs) I mean, what a name. Percy Waddington. Come on. I love it. That's so Percy. Oh, I could just see Percy doing that. So Percy. And of course, Hilda's like, me too, Percy. (laughs) Hilda is just whatever Percy does, Hilda's right there. Uh, The townspeople were starting to panic. Uh, So the local police called in Scotland Yard and they began to investigate. Most of the shops shut down and a vigilante mob assembled and started roaming the streets to catch the mysterious Halifax slasher. Now, I, I mean, what could go wrong? I, I've said this before. I This might be controversial. I don't mind a vigilante mob. I feel like they have good intentions, but we all know the saying, good, the road to hell are, is paved with good intentions. You know nothing good is going to come from a vigilante mob. I like the idea. Get involved in your community. Look out for your fellow townspeople. 
But I think Vigilante Mob isn't the best option. It is the building a stage for the dancing hysterical plague of this story. It is. I Every time if there's a mob involved, I just think of Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Me too. Or Shrek. I've never seen in a movie, I've never seen in any form of entertainment, somebody's like, and then the vigilante mob happened and then they fixed everything. Like <laughs> that's, I don't think that's ever been the chain of events. No, never, never. And they I caught don't the think... bad guy and they brought him to justice peacefully oh. and everyone was so happy. I take that back. There has been one time, one time that a vigilante mob has helped one and time. it was the Night Stalker. Yes. Okay. That's the only time. So. That is legitimately the only. You know what? But you know what? Made a difference to that one. One time is all it takes. I've totally mm-hmm. flipped it. Now I'm pro we vigilante mobs. We, we have flipped it. <laughs> We're no longer <laughs> against vigilante mobs. We are on the side of vigilante it mobs. It just took that one. It literally just took that one. Mm-hmm. And this is the hill this podcast will die on. Pro <laughs> vigilante mobs. <laughs> so the night of November 25th, a man by the name of Cliff Edwards happened to be on the street and he had terrible timing, the worst timing. And the vigilante mob saw him, cornered him, and began to scream death chants to him. Do you think... Okay, do you think they were chanting kill Cliff or dead Ed? I Okay. I'm going with kill Cliff. Mm-hmm. Kill Cliff. Kill Cliff. I just think it's well dead Ed does sound good. I I think they this is a small town. They're on a first name basis. They're going with kill Cliff. I say put your hands together. Maybe it's kill Cliff. Ed is better off dead. Maybe it was maybe it was a whole paragraph chant. We don't know. Oh my gosh. Even even better. Even better. I mean, I just feel like the town hated Cliff. He it's probably because of his uh collection of buckled boots. Probably really fucked him over. They were looking for a reason. They were looking for a reason to get Cliff. And You know Cliff with his buckled boots every day. <laughs> better off dead <laughs> fucking fancy cliff <laughs> who does he think he is with those buckles <laughs> i haven't worn shoes in five years <laughs> uh luckily for cliff police stepped in and escorted it home before he was beaten to death so that's good unfortunately though fred baldwin didn't find such luck on November 27th, the same day, the next Halifax slasher attack was reported by Beatrice Sorrell. Fred was caught on the street and beaten by a drunken vigilante mob. So they upped their game. They started bringing beer to the mob. Their yes. mob meetup. They were like, all right, you bring sandwiches. I'll bring the beers. Yes. Uh, luckily, Fred survived. So they probably were chanting, dead Fred, dead Fred. Yeah, probably. I feel like they're only attacking people whose names rhyme with dead. I think you're onto something. So if there was a Ned, he probably would have been next. Ted, (laughs) goner. (laughs) (laughs) Jed, (laughs) fucking six feet under. Um, 
you know, and we think, okay, vigilante mob, drunken, let's, let's double down on that drunken vigilante mob, people who hate buckles, Mm -hmm. like it's, this is going, this is getting crazy. Uh, the, but the people of Halifax did have a reason to be scared because just 10 years earlier, a man by the name of James Leonard was convicted of stalking and slashing the clothes of six female residents in the street. And this was right at a time get nearing World War II. So tensions were high anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, I could see where they would start to like really genuinely feel this hysterical panic. Um, did Fred deserve what he got? Maybe. We don't know that. We don't know Fred. Maybe he was a total asshole. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to defend Fred. I don't know him. I don't know what kind of buckles he wore. I don't know what he was into. I'm not going to defend him. And I did try to look up more information on this 1927, um, mm-hmm. the James Leonard slasher. And it's like literally just a note. It's like I yeah. couldn't find it anywhere. I, he was a bar- he barely got in any sort of trouble for it, which is also like kind of wild and crazy. But so if uh, you're a vampire and you're James Leonard, just reach out. <laughs> I'd love to hear your story. <laughs> but they checked into James Leonard, and it turns out he did really just not get in very much trouble for slashing ladies' clothes on the street. And mm-hmm. he was a free man at this time. However, he was ruled out because he had a significantly large nose, and the descriptions of the Halifax slasher did not describe him with such a large nose. So he was <laughs> exonerated. I, I mean, what are the. Like <laughs> the Halifax Lasher just had a buckle for his face. <laughs> it was just a large buckle on his whole face. Like, that's all it was. <laughs> I guess that guy's kind of lucky that he he had a, a big nose to rule him out. I mean, it's nice to have a feature that's significant so that you actually won't be fingered in a crime or a crime yes. spree, right? Yes, absolutely. And that got me thinking, what would we be exonerated what what feature would we probably be exonerated with mm-hmm. and i mm-hmm. i'm thinking you're unusually long toes i can't buckle these bad boys <laughs> <laughs> they were hanging out of the buckles <laughs> they cover my toes cover the buckles <laughs> and I, <laughs> You know, and mine would probably have to be probably my giant boobs, which honestly, though, (laughs) would be a full circle moment because my entire life I've always been like, I've developed quite early and I just have like huge boobs and um, they've, I've always been self-conscious. So like to be exonerated from a crime. By great cleavage. (laughs) Because (laughs) massive titties. Is like what a wonderful full full circle for me. Her boobs, her boobs are too nice to be a slasher. That was the consensus of the crowd. I couldn't get away fast enough. They'd be like swinging around everywhere. Yeah, you can't buckle those things. That's for sure. I would. I instead of a mallet, I would just be punching people with my titties if I was the Halifax <laughs> slasher. You'd be the Halifax booby basher. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so moving right along on november 29th margaret kenny reported another attack oh and margaret 
Yes, and they do have a quote from the media from this attack. Oh, yeah. Cassie said that I have to do a terrible British accent, which is the only kind of accent I can do is terrible. (laughs) So you're welcome. So according to the police report, Margaret Kenny said, quote, well-built man with a broad face wearing very lightweight shoes. What? Sorry. (laughs) That's what Scotland Yard said. Wearing very lightweight shoes and what felt like a dirty Macintosh. Okay, but how do you know how heavy somebody's shoes are? And also, what about the buckles? Wouldn't they be heavy because they're buckled shoes? I, Ma- Margaret Kenny. What the? It fuck? doesn't make any. It doesn't make any sense. So uh, when I read this, I was thinking Macintosh. What is the Macintosh? And then I was thinking, was flip flops? Were flip flops? Was he wearing flip flops? I don't. I thought he was wearing a computer and paper shoes. I have no <laughs> idea what the fuck's going on. So I looked up. I thought maybe Macintosh was some like old timey British burn, and or some kind of insult. But it turns oh, out it's good. actually just another word mm-hmm. for yeah, right. Um, it's just actually another word for a raincoat. And then I was. Oh. Lightweight. How would she know his shoes were lightweight? Did they not make a sound? That's- what. That's what I'm saying. And also, they're supposed to have buckles on them. Like, I don't know. I I think that um, Margaret Kenny was drunk. I think she was part of the drunk sandwich mob. <laughs> yes. She's like, and I feel like his name ended in an E-D, if I'm being honest. I think his name was either Ned, Ted, Fred, Jed, maybe even Led. <laughs> Okay, so Mary Sutcliffe, who originally reported being attacked on November 21st, she reported a second attack. And on the same day, Winifred McCall claimed to be attacked also. Okay. Yeah, it's just, it's now reaching, like, I'm sure the police are like, what the hell? I feel like Mary Sutcliffe just is like an attention, you know, she just wants the attention. Mm -hmm. She just loves it. She's mm-hmm. like, he had 37 buckles on his shoes. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't like Mary Sutcliffe. I can tell you that right now. I don't trust her at all. <laughs> she was feeling a little left out, I think. What? Oh, you had one attack? I has. I've been attacked twice. Oh, everybody's been attacked, huh? Well, <laughs> what about twice? Hmm? <laughs> and then attacks in Manchester and Bradford were also starting to be reported Mm-hmm. And as Scotland Yard began to investigate further, they discovered, as you probably discovered with Tiffany and I during this wild and crazy story we're telling, that the descriptions are not matching up with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one, he had buckles. One was a mallet. One was a rank, a dirty raincoat. One was light shoes. And then by the time they got through all the reports, it sounded like there was three different attackers running on the loose Mm -hmm. and then that somehow leaked to the townspeople and the hysteria ramped up even more um they they lost their ever-loving minds they cannot handle attackers wearing buckles they just lost it um just like it seems like there's a million guys with buckled shoes covered in razor blades just (laughs) running around town which to be fair would be stressful very stressful I think I haven't seen anybody with buckles on their shoes ever. So if I saw just a person with buckles on their shoes, that would be stressful today. 
that just that alone just yes. somebody dressed like the Quaker Oats man would just <laughs> you'd fucking that would be it yeah the straw that broke the camel's back yes well fair enough you know what it's trying times for all of us um well unfortunately this rumor that was leaked and kind of spread through the town it caused um more men to be beaten up by the vigilante mobs in the street um as tiffany would say so many slashers so little evidence yeah Scotland Yard interviewed survivors of the Halifax slasher and with the slightest amount of pressure from authorities, the so-called survivors sang like canaries. <laughs> One victim then confessed that she cut herself after a fight with her boyfriend. And then they kind of all started to unravel out of that. And we actually have a quote from the um, Scotland Yard report um, of what she said when they applied the slightest amount of pressure probably just like so you were attacked and then she caved so her quote was the reason why I cut my arm was because I was in a temper and had been reading in the papers about girls being slashed so um yeah that's uh i sad I guess I don't I don't don't cut your arm because you read about people being slashed. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, but no. also it doesn't make sense that I can talk random bullshit in a terrible accent, but I cannot read anything <laughs> in a terrible accent. It's I can't either. We <laughs> trying to read these quotes, <laughs> quotes in a British accent has just really been the bane of my existence. And I'm just sounding like a robot. I just sound like yeah, a sentient it's so hard also I apologize to anybody listening who actually has a real accent it's beautiful I'm obsessed and we have terrible American accents that you're more than welcome to make fun of yes please do (laughs) poke fun at our trash accents because um and we are doing all of this in fun like we do enjoy your British accents I as a child actually always would randomly start talking in an English accent and my cousins would make fun of me all the time (laughs) because I would always just be like let's have a tea party and they'd be like why are you you're too old to do this please stop doing this (laughs) I think it's because I watched so many old movies with my grandma Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to have an accent of some kind but (laughs) anyway happy that we all know that little bit of history about me now (laughs) okay so back on track People started to confess that their stories were fabricated. Yes. And we will bring it right back to Percy Waddington, which he confessed on November 29th. We knew it just like Mm -hmm. Percy. We freaking knew it. Mm -hmm. We called it. He confessed he lied about the attack and his wounds were in fact self-inflicted. Why? Why are these people doing this? (laughs) I like how you go, we called it like we didn't write the whole story. It's such a Percy thing to do. Is this a per- I mean, particularly a Percy Waddington thing to do. Yes. You know? Yes. Uh, so, and then eventually nine of the 12 victims admitted they had manufactured the attacks and or harmed themselves. Flabbergasted, Scotland Yard closed the investigation. And by December 2nd, the Halifax Courier had ran this story. And it's, quote, carry on, Halifax. The slasher scare is over. The theory that a half-crazed, wild-eyed man has been wandering around attacking helpless women in dark streets is exploded. 
there never was, nor is there likely to be, any real danger to the general public. There is no doubt that following certain happenings, public feeling has grown and that many small incidents have been magnified in the public mind until a real state of alarm was caused. This assurance that there is no real cause for alarm, in short, nor properly authenticated wholesale attacks by such a person as the boggy man, I'm assuming boogeyman, known as a slasher, should allay the public fear thus ending the reign of the so-called Halifax slasher. Well, that's a great story. <laughs> I do say so myself. It, it's, it's a tad ridiculous. I think maybe the people were more upset about the buckles. Maybe they saw a man with buckles and just were infuriated. I mean... I could have handled the slashing, but the buckles really did me in. Cross the line and Cliff and Fred, they just happened to be wearing buckles in the street at the wrong place at the wrong time. Fair is fair. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I just feel like mass hysteria, everyone is susceptible to it. I don't think anybody is above it i mean we've seen i think did we mention the example of of the most in my opinion the most recent um mass hysteria was the toilet paper thing at the beginning of covid i look at that as mass hysteria there was absolutely no reason to 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 buy all that toilet paper other than just being hysterical or making your own lightweight shoes well that too that's a good point yeah, and I mean, this is the late 30s. The world was a stressful time. Yes, yes. And they had just had that attacker um, 10 years before, which is, yeah, it's really easy to fall into hysteria. I have been personally, I think I've mentioned it, I've been personally involved in a in a bout of hysteria. When you get a group of people together that are scared or angry, it, you really do feel that energy like there is really a like a well this would apply i think to the vigilante mob more but there is that feeling of shared hysteria and it it happens quickly and it could happen to anybody yeah i totally agree i think that a lot of times people think that they can't fall victim to something like mass hysteria or be duped by a scammer or mm-hmm. suddenly be in a cult but Mm -hmm. when the world is stressful on the outside and everything gets stressful on the inside I think anything can kind of happen to most people right um you know and uh the outside world was a stressful time in the 30s for Mm -hmm. obvious reasons and then like you said there was that slasher that had happened a little bit before that and you know it's why not join in on the fun why not also be in the paper? Why not also talk to the cops? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I wonder if Mary Sutcliffe was trying to get her boyfriend in trouble or trying to make him feel, you know, like, oh, I, I'm so sorry we got an argument. You were almost slashed by a, a mm-hmm. buckled man in the street. Oh, like that guy on the episode, the love episode where he mm-hmm. faked his own death for mm-hmm. sympathy. At least this chick just slashed her arm a little bit. At least she didn't fake her own death in front of her loved one. 
goodness. Yeah. So I think everyone's susceptible to mass hysteria and it just, just need to keep an eye on it. You know, if you think about it too, like it's a little bit like, you know, you see a spider or something, you killed a spider and then, um, you feel creepy crawlies or you, you know, like that's Mm -hmm. still a little bit, just, you can even have those, those feelings of you see an anthill and then you get, you know, kind of like crawly skin for a little bit after Mm -hmm. I, that's happened to me. Yeah. Like the people that were in the town that didn't make false reports probably still in real, you know, true honesty, probably thought that they saw the slasher Mm -hmm. because everyone was kind of swept up in this storm. And then the people that, uh, you know, falsified their reports, they just (laughs) wanted to be the star of the show for a day. They just wanted to be the main character in their own story for one afternoon. Yeah. But, uh, I bet most people thought that they at least saw the slasher because I definitely do that too. Where if I see one spider, I see a million or if I am looking for a certain thing, I see it everywhere. And I think that that's a normal brain thing where your brain just tries to find like patterns or whatever, but totally what a time, what a time, the best of times and the worst of times. Yeah. History tends to repeat itself. So let's not get hysterical. Hysterical. hysterical so let's just try to keep our wits about us and you know take care of ourselves because it's, it's it's scary freaking, out there totally it's wild and crazy what i like to say i just realized that the scary clowns hiding in the woods is our halifax slasher it really is wow i know i know at least we didn't have people beating themselves up that's just that's true yeah, so we have evolved. Maybe we have progressed as as the ages go on. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, fair enough. That's a good point. I feel like that's a that's a fair enough point. So, all right. Well, thank you so much for listening. And that's our little little episode on mass hysteria. So, just after an episode like this, just it's always always best to remember to love yourself. Lock your doors and listen to your gut. Cheers to that. Cheers to that.